0: LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply.
1: Mean Lion Media presents Conversations with Dr. Ian Smith. Welcome to the conversation today. And if you get a chance, pick up my new book, Burn, Melt, Shred, Transform Your Body, in eight weeks. My guest today is a health fitness nutrition expert, podcast host, and TV host. He's also the author of 365 health and fitness hacks that could save your life. And he's trained a ton of celebrities. He's a friend and he's my partner. Please welcome Joey Thurman. Joey, my good friend, welcome to the conversation. What's up, buddy? I appreciate you having me on. (laughs) Yeah, man, I got to tell you. Well, first of all, I just finished. It's funny. Both of us have just finished working out, and I was scrambling to eat uh, some protein. I, um, You know, my new book, Burn, Melt, Shred, has this recipe for saucy, sloppy Joes. And I'm going to Mm -hmm. say it in front of everybody. If you have not made this recipe, you simply have not lived.
2: So apparently, you're just trying to tell me I haven't lived.
1: (laughs) or 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 I have a jerk or I haven't given you the book yet one or the other <laughs> also
2: also that because I'm cheap so I'm expecting him to give it to me for free that's okay I'll, I'll send you mine next one
1: Hey listen I'm excited about this conversation you and I have been partners. how do we meet by the way Dude, I I,
2: honestly, the random thing is we live in the same city and we met online. I think it was right before pandemic kind of hit. We did something on Instagram. I don't know if we did an Instagram live together. I don't know which was first or you follow me or vice
1: versa. I think you reached out to me on IG and we did a live session together, right?
2: Yeah. And then you came on my podcast, and then we realized we were probably at the same parties together, you know, because when I was trans chef art, like in Hyde Park, and you're right there. And yeah, it's just, it's weird that both of us in Chicago doing regular TV in Chicago and nationally hadn't even had a conversation together.
1: (laughs) I tell you, as small as the world is, it's also that big, right? So, well, I'm very grateful that, you know, our worlds collided and I have learned a lot from you over the years. I am an eternal student. I love to learn. I love to read. I love to, talk to other people who are proficient and masterful in their body of work, which you are. And so you have been a blessing to me to motivate me, inspire me and educate me. So I appreciate that. We also have had a great time working together. Um, We have done many challenges where we help people online on our Facebook group. And it's been truly a pleasure to work with you and to work with you to help transform other people's lives. It's Quite a blessing, isn't
2: it? Yeah, I mean, it is. And, you know, vice versa, you push me. I don't know if I would have started writing this next book. And you were always on me, like, okay, you need to do another book. You need to do another book. Anybody listening or, or watching my first book was like, went back and forth between doing a publisher and self publishing. And then I had a publisher friend, like, just do it your own. You'll get it out faster, put a bunch of celebrities in the back of it, you know, and then you'll be able to dictate your next book, which is what happened. But you were like, man, you need to do another one. You need to do another one. So I got a book agent and then got this book deal. And uh, you've been pushing me. How's your book going? how's your book going? Meet the deadline. And I really, I, I appreciate that. I'm like, how is he churning out so many books? Um, And I'm like, I got to be more like Dr. Ian. I got to be more like Dr. Ian. So it, it, it's nice that you have a sliver
1: of maybe you need to be a little bit more like Joey. Just a sliver. <laughs> well, you're going to be better than Dr. Ian, trust me. By the way, uh, say the name of your book and when it comes out and can people pre-order it? Yeah. So I
2: don't know when pre-order will be, but it'll be out uh, end of December of 2022. So December 27th, I don't know, pre-order probably a couple months before that that. Um, you get my first one, 365 Health and Fitness Hacks. That's still available Amazon and everywhere online.
1: Hey, 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 hey. Let me yeah. teach you a little something about promotions, okay? <laughs> Never rush through your title, okay? Slow down. What is the title of the book you have right now?
2: <laughs> the one I have out now is 365 Health and Fitness Hacks That Could Save Your Life. The next book is not a predominantly fitness book. It's called The Minimum Method. The least you can do to be the best you can be. Mm. And the the premise of that, and I know you and I were talking about, like, I wanted to do something different and be kind of an industry disruptor. You know, one is good for book sales, right? But also, I think sometimes people just get these general thoughts and ideas for years and years and years, and we just keep regurgitating it, you know? And, and, and tell somebody calls it out and then more people start calling it out. So for me and and with these Facebook challenges, I've realized like there's a minimum effective dose. And most people are looking at the maximum dose over training, dieting too much, not sleeping enough, all of that. So that's the premise of the book. There's 12 different chapters and only one of them is on fitness. And the most important chapter is sleep. You don't get that regulated your circadian rhythm. It doesn't matter what you're eating, what you're doing. Like you ask any, any new parent,
1: Like they know how important sleep is. 100%. Minimum effective dose. I love that. Talk about it.
2: Yeah. So the minimum effective dose for all sorts of different things. Um, You know, if we're talking about sleep, one thing you can do is start trying to go to bed at the same time every night, seven days a week. Yes, there are seven days a week, not just Monday through Friday and get up at the same time, whether that's five hours of sleep or eight hours of sleep. Obviously we know we need eight hours of sleep, but you start regulating your circadian rhythm from that. And then your body knows when to start releasing melatonin at night. No, it's not just a supplement, right? they start releasing melatonin, adenosine. They, they work in conjunction with each other to make you tired. And then when you're waking up, your body knows to wake up at a natural rhythm to start dropping down that melatonin, your cortisol. Levels elevate. It's called your cortisol awakening response. All these things. Diet, like everybody's like, oh, you need to like do all these crazy things right away. And sometimes that's good for people. But for some people, it's overwhelming. And maybe they just need to focus on adding more good instead of thinking about taking out the bad. There was a study at uh, Michigan University or Michigan State, um, sorry, Spartan fans or Wolverine fans, not quite sure which one, um, where they literally just had dieters eat more good things, greens, you know, fruits, vegetables, and have an option to have more standard American diet foods, processed foods. Uh, and versus the other ones where they were having all these processed foods, right? And they thought that, oh, they were just going to overeat. But when they started adding more good things into their diet, they ate less of the bad and lost more weight. So... Right there, the minimum effective dose is adding more good, and eventually the bad will start coming out, where we always do these TV shows, right? We go on, we take a garbage bag, we go in the pantry, throw, throw away all that. It looks good for TV, but for most people, they start adding the good, they'll naturally have less bad. Mm, very nice, very nice.
1: You know, it's interesting that you mentioned the minimum uh, effective dose when it comes to sleeping, because um, it made me think, actually, I have had a very hectic life for the last... 10 to 12, 15 years touring, going on the road, TV, all these things. And since I was in med school, I have been able to sleep very comfortably on five, six hours of sleep very easily. That was in med school. And so I've always been, since then, a short sleeper. But uh, the chaos of my life um, always made me need an alarm clock to get up. You know, I'm catching a flight in the morning or night or whatever. However, During the pandemic, because I have not traveled as much and I've gotten regular sleep where I go to sleep pretty much around the same time. I am able to wake up in the morning without an alarm clock and my body just gets up and it's um, and, and it gets up literally within 15 to 20 minutes of the same time every morning, regardless of like how late I went to sleep the night before. So you're right. You really can regulate your circadian rhythm to help you be more proficient.
2: Yeah, right and, and right there, your your body's naturally used to that. I mean, look at any toddler, right? You always know, like, oh, they get up at the same time, seven thirty every day. They're not setting their alarm. That's just what their body naturally does. And they're popped up, they're ready to go, they're ready to run around, do you know, whatever it is. So sometimes we need to be more like babies and toddlers. Like they've got great squat form, they move around, you know. <laughs> like we, we get old because we stop moving as much. We stop playing, right? Mm-hmm. Like that that's there's a, a very good quote that talks about that. And you know, if we start just regulating this. And your body just naturally gets up. I mean, how often are people listening? I'm sure like I even do this. I set my alarm for seven o'clock. I roll, I roll over at 6.50. I'm like, oh, I have 10 more minutes of sleep. Then what happens? You start falling asleep again. Then you start going back through those five different cycles. Uh, well, not within 10 minutes, but you start going back into those sleep stages. And then you wake up 10 minutes later and you're exhausted. Mm. Why is that? Because your body started naturally going back into its sleep rhythm. It thought it was day. And then you told yourself, hey, it's night again. Then you abruptly get woken up by your alarm. And then you're all of a sudden in this sympathetic, nervous, fight or flight state and scared where if you would have gotten up in that parasympathetic, rest, digest, calm, and you're up in the morning like you, you're like, oh, I feel good. I'm ready to go. Your day's going to be much better.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, y- y- you have this title and They do use it on me too. Celebrity trainer. I can't stand that title. Like celebrity trainer, celebrity doctor. You do train celebrities, but you also, of course, train everyday people as I do the same. But since you do have that title, how is it working with celebrities? And are you allowed to say who you've worked with? Yeah.
2: Yeah, and the funny thing is, one, I don't have pictures with any single celebrity. Well, besides like like Chef Art Smith and a couple of them, but like the bigger celebrities that I trained, I didn't take pictures with them because for me they were a client and they were just like that. So, like the first time I met you, you know, I'm not like, hey, let's get a picture together, right? Because it's just you know we're we're interacting together. So anybody listening who's a professional who meets like a celebrity that's going to work with them, like one, I think that's great advice. And eventually, like yes, take a picture with them. They'll be fine with it and they expect it, but they really respect you a lot more from not doing that right away. So the first like celebrity that i started training was chef art Smith. That was kind of like chicago celebrity he's, he's sort of known and i started training some local um chicago
1: he was known stuff. for being oprah chef,
2: chef. yeah oprah <laughs> chef and he the top chef masters all that sort of stuff and then i started training some local tv chicago celebrities like ryan Shiverini and tom skilling and then i got a call from fox one day to train terrence howard and i walked in i didn't realize it was an interview i thought like i was ready to go to train him um and he was like oh man you know he's kind of like He's kind of swagger, right? He's walking in. He's like, oh, I kind of need to lose these, and he's pointing at his chest. And let's just say I said a term like, oh, you need to lose your bleep, right? And he's like, like, oh man, I just lost this dude. I just lost this dude. He goes, I like you, I like you, right? So I t- I took control right there. And then he's like, well, I don't. I, he's like, I don't. I don't want you know, rah rah trainer. I want you to work out with me. I said, I'll kind of do stuff side by side with you, but it's your session, man. Like right there, because if I would have let him walk all over me he would have done like anything else mm-hmm. so he respected me for that so i trained him twice a day for over three months to get ready for season two of empire because he was in prison for his character and he looked like prison shape uh, then i got a call from hbo trained wumi masaku who's been on lovecraft country a bunch of other things she got bbc best actress award she's brilliant an amazing per- person she's nigerian born but uk raised mm-hmm. So, Seuss is like amazing accent, just beautiful like person inside and out. I've worked with uh, Mickey James from WWE, Lisa Marie Varen, Gail Kim, um, Chef Robert Irvine, Jeez. a bunch of other, uh, a bunch of uh, W uh, UFC announcers. Was it Pride announcers? One of the one of the UFC competitors. Um, Are they different? Lillian Garcia. Yeah, so like there's like their competitors, UFC, right? And then there's um, Pro Fight League, PFL. Okay. Like that's it. Um, Lillian Garcia, Cameron Matheson. A lot, well, a, a lot of, a lot of celebrities. So I guess that's where that kind of came from.
1: Well, let me ask you this though. Is it different working with celebrities than working with the everyday person? Not in terms of their body,
2: right? As far as like biomechanics and and limb length and things like that. But as far as their schedule and what they need to get done in a certain amount of time, absolutely. There's a lot of things that I do with celebrities that I would not do with your average individual. Terrence had three months to get in shape and he needed to look like he was working out just in prison. So he needed big traps, big shoulders, big arms. Like I I told him he needed to look like 50 Cent, right? He's got those prison arms. I trained him twice. Twice a day, I showed up at his place. You know, we, we did two a day splits and the same muscle groups, two a days. Normally, for most people, I wouldn't recommend that. I showed up with a bag of supplements, all, all legal, by the way. Don't, don't think that, right? All of these things, I had um, his wife was a trained chef. Every single part of his life was absolutely regimented. Why? Because he's making millions of dollars per episode. And his body depended on that. And by the way, Fox was paying for it. me from HBO, same thing. You know, HBO called me up and, well, it's a production company that's paying me. She came in once, twice a day, you know, to get in as good of shape as possible. Uh, her character was, you know, a, a singer. So she, she, you know, needed to trim up. A little bit. So as far as that aspect is concerned, people see these celebrities and especially getting ready for movie roles. And like Brad Pitt, like that's the epitome. Like Brad Pitt Fight Club or uh, Brad Pitt was at Troy, the one where he was all jacked, like two different body frames. So one, he's eating a ton. He's probably lifting heavy. He's got more volume load. And one Fight Club, he's getting ripped and lean, completely different diets, probably well, training styles could be different. But they're getting in shape because they're making millions of dollars and they need to do that in a short amount of time. If I told anybody else, hey, I'm going to pay you a million dollars and all you need to do is work out for three months now, as hard as you can, get in best shape as possible, I guarantee that's a major motivator for people.
1: <laughs> you better believe it. So let me, so it's interesting. You're saying that you had Terrence Howard working on the same body part twice a day when usually we don't say that. We usually say, hey, work it out, demolish the muscle and let it recover. But there's an advantage to doing the same body part twice a day if you want to really hypertrophy or build bulk, no?
2: Yes. So there's overtraining and then there's overreaching. Big difference, right? So overtraining is when you're working out so much, you're taking excessive exercise classes multiple times a day, and your nutrition isn't meeting your recovery needs, Right. Nutrition mm-hmm. huge, sleep huge, all of all of these things. So we're making sure that he had he was ta- you know taking creatine, he was taking you know BCAAs and EAAs, and um, getting maybe some dextrose. Can you like say what some- those are, please? Yeah, branched-chain amino acids, basically, these are your building blocks of protein, right? These are things that if you're taking protein powder, you're eating a steak, you're getting these, right? That's that's a simple, you know, thing. But supplements are meant to supplement a diet. For most people, they don't need these things, right? But for somebody working out that hard, absolutely. Professional bodybuilders, they're all on steroids. IFBB, you have to be on steroids. So you can't ever compare yourself to those people, right? Actors, I'm sure a lot of them are on that too. Peptides, different things.
1: Steroids aren't illegal? Steroids, yeah. I mean, you can get them very easily, right? No, no. I mean, illegal Ill- illegal for the for the competitive bodies. Bodybuilding?
2: No, they don't test. It's it's kind of one of those things where it's also starting to be more spoken now. If you're an IFBB pro bodybuilder, like that's what Schwarzenegger was in, the Mr. Olympia, um, the um, the Arnold Classic. They 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 look like superhuman people and, and cartoon characters because they are all on steroids. Nobody Ooh. will refute that in the <laughs> IFB, like IFBB, like you have to be. Now, natural bodybuilding competitions, they test you. Some do lie detector tests. There's all sorts of different things. Like maybe it's like, have you taken steroids in the past year? All these different things. So maybe you have been on them on your life. So there's different organizations. There are some that are absolutely natural, but like don't compare yourself to a absolute like IFBB pro bodybuilder because they're now they're working out hard. They're doing all the things that they need to do, but they also have some supplements and a lot of them do have great genetics. So as far Mm. as Terrence with twice a day. So yes, our body needs to recover. But we were hitting that same muscle group twice a day. And then we were allowing that 24 to 48 hours to recover. So it's that still that same day where we're getting that tissue breakdown. And then he was having the additional supplements to make sure he recovered. But we only do, did that for a finite amount of time. It was only for two and a half or three months. And he lost like 30 pounds and he looked
1: shredded. But people, people look at celebrities and think that celebrities have something special that they don't. If that person lost this much weight because of who they are, but celebrities have to work too. You can't do the work for them. So what is it no. that celebrities have that the average person doesn't have to help them reach their goal? Time is huge, right?
2: Same thing. me, the only thing she had to do for Lovecraft Country was learn how to play the guitar and work out. And eat well. I had a chef delivering food to her who had a key to her apartment who dropped off food in a refrigerator. You know, so I said, if it's not for your your meal for that day, you can't eat it. Like you can allow her like a matcha latte or something, right? Like that was her sweet dessert. So all of that regulated. Professional help. Often these celebrities aren't even paying for somebody like me or somebody like you themselves. Often it's an agent or a production company. Like I was never paid by the, well, these two particular celebrities themselves, right? So that's what happened. And they have this team around them, everybody watching every little thing every second of their day. So they might have a trainer, they've got a nutritionist, they've got a physical therapist, a massage therapist, chiropractor, right? There's this huge team around them that's always regimenting and watching everything. Plus, their producers, their agents, it's their job to get in shape and lose weight this
1: fast. So give me an idea. You know, we talk about these trainers who are working with these big time celebrities who are training for these roles. What does a celebrity trainer make? Give me a range per session yeah, so, or per gig.
2: Yeah. So it depends. Like they might do a retainer, you know, say they, they might. It depends on it. Are you my only client? Like Dr. Ian, you hire me i'm you're my only client and I'm working with you for months traveling with you, all that sort of stuff that's gonna that's going to demand a lot more money. That's gonna be probably ten thousand dollars a month at a very low minimum. What I would be charging if I went to l a to train like per hour, I would charge four to five hundred dollars per hour per training session in Chicago, <laughs> I was charging about two hundred dollars for a session and I would be training them twice a day. So do the math on that. And I, mm-hmm. I often like offered kind of package rates, like, hey, you buy 100, maybe it goes down to like 180 a session. So that's what Fox ended up doing with Terrence. And I had to invoice them every single week. New York, your rates are going to be anywhere from three to $500. Um, I had somebody like call me up with my agency that wanted me to literally move to Texas and just live with these people. You know, and of course, you know, I've got a wife and kid, live with them and train until the wife got in as good a shape as possible. I said, one, I need a contract. What happens in two months if she doesn't like me? I just got where I just moved my entire family, all sorts of stuff. I asked for 1.5 million. And my agent was like, that's crazy. I said, well, one, I don't really want to move to Texas. No offense to anybody in Texas, but like I just that's not my ideal spot, right? Two, there's no guarantee that she, he, the family is gonna love me. And three, like I'm I'm literally traveling with them. So it's it's not a one hour a day job. It's eight to ten hours a day. Seven days a week. So, like right there, you need to know your worth and whatever job like you're gonna do. Like I got rid of every opportunity I would have, anything with you, all these TV things, all of that. I couldn't do that. So it had to demand a certain price. So I set an asinine price of one point five to see if they come back like and my agents like, what if they come back at one million? I'm like, well, then they come back at one million. We talk. But I need a lump sum guarantee like whatever it is, you give me $200,000 for two months. And if you don't like it, then I leave. So you, you've got to demand that price. So I haven't heard back from them yet. This was like a few weeks ago. Oh, Honestly, oh. I hope it doesn't happen. I would like a million dollars for sure. But <laughs> when you take a year out of your life and lose this traction that I've been gaining with media and all these other things, I don't necessarily know that I want to do that. That's why I just threw out this crazy number to see what happened. But yeah, your average celebrity trainer... Um, and obviously it's zip code based. It's going to demand more money. And in Chicago, they're probably gonna like I was probably one of the most expensive ones, probably around a couple hundred dollars per session. Um, in L.A., yeah, four or five, six hundred is not um out of the range. I've you know I thought about moving to L.A. a couple of years ago. And my buddy's like I could fill you right away at four hundred bucks, you know, a training session easily. New York is going to be around the same prices.
1: In the middle of a Chicago winter, that L.A. offer seems more attractive. Let me tell you, <laughs> I'm gonna do something different with you since you are so knowledgeable. I'm I'm going to play like Joe Public, the people who are listening to us right now, and I'm going to ask you a series of fitness-related questions I would like you to answer. You ready? Okay. I'm ready. How do I get motivated to work out and stay consistent? Motivated, work
2: out, stay consistent. One, you need to know your why. You need to focus on yourself. You need to love yourself. And that's not just enough saying, like, I want to lose weight. You need to focus on each point in that path. We talk about that dopamine reward pathway, like when we finally get to that goal. Okay. If you want to run a marathon... What you need to do is start getting those dopamine drips. You buy your running shoes. Then the next day, maybe you put your running shoes by the door. And then the next day, you put your running shoes on and you walk. And each step, you think, okay, doing this step is going to get me to my overall goal of running that marathon. And that's stopping right there. And recognizing why you're doing each particular step will literally give a dopamine drip. It's also the reward pathway. Because what happens when you finally get to that marathon, you're like, oh, I'm done. And like you're kind of like, okay, I had this high. And you go to this massive low. Same thing if you're trying to eat well. Each time you turn down that dessert or that bad food, think, I'm turning this down because I want to be healthy for myself. I need to have that self-love for me. Because without loving myself, I can't be there and love everybody else.
1: Dopamine, of course, is the neurotransmitter, which is widely uh, associated with the feeling of pleasure. So when Joey says that you want that dopamine drip, when you feel when that dopamine is transmitted in your brain, whatever that activity is that caused the dopamine release, it's like a, a self-perpetuating cycle. You want to do more of it. So if, you know, if working out makes you feel good and you release dopamine or if eating, you know, sweet potato pie in my case uh, releases that dopamine, you want to do more of it. So that's what the dopamine is. Is it better to work out in the morning or the evening? Well, one, it
2: is better to work out when you're going to work out. Now, we, can, <laughs> we, we like that, that's the thing. Like, this is a huge question and be like oh. Fasted, whatever. Here's the thing. Like I I can pull little studies and we can split hairs on this, but it's better to work out when you're motivated and you're going to actually do it. Now, could I look at things like is it better to work out later in the day because your joints are warmed up and you have more nutrition in you? You can probably lift more load and have more energy. Like, sure. But I could also show you some studies that fasting people, you know, work out better first thing in the morning. So know thyself is huge to know when you're actually going to stick to it, testosterone levels peak a little bit later on for men, but really testosterone levels peak if, you're, if your sports team wins. If your sports team <laughs> loses, they drop, right? Even females, based off of the the part you are in your cycle, you're going to feel different. Like if you've got that heavy part of your cycle, you probably don't want to work out hard, right? Maybe you do more yoga and you've been working in on yourself instead of working out. And then when you feel great, closer to like ovulation, something like that, then maybe you do your two a days. Like, like know yourself and each day can be different.
1: Uh, I'm a morning person. I believe beyond the scientific and physiological reason to do it in the morning, I believe that when you get your workouts done in the morning, that's a great way to start your day. You release some endorphins, the body's natural happy chemicals, but also if you get it done. So you do not have opportunity for a thousand excuses during the rest of the day as to why not to do it. So I'm a morning person only because, not only because, but one of the reasons is like I worked out this morning, it's done, it's over now. If I want to do another workout, I get a bonus workout. I get to do something a little later. So I always believe that if you can knock it out in the morning, that's good.
2: Same thing for me. I found that I don't get it done in the morning. One, mentally, I don't feel as good as I'm like, I didn't get my workout in. And it's harder because life happens, right? So for That's me, it. I try to get it done before like people are up sending me massive emails because and your email inbox is just everybody else's to- to-do list.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's right. Let me ask you this. What should you eat before working out? And how much time should you eat it before the workout actually begins? Yeah.
2: So depends on your goals, right? Like if you were an athlete, I would say more of a simple carbohydrate with with a little bit of protein and anywhere from half an hour to maybe an hour beforehand. Some people digest things very fast. If it's a fluid, if it's a liquid, it's going to digest very fast. You may be able to have a a protein shake or something 10, 20 minutes beforehand. You might be able to do that. Some people that might start coming up. But for most people, I would say a little bit of protein, maybe around 20 grams uh, of a protein shake, something like that. If you're fasted, you can have like some branch chain amino acid supplement or some essential amino acids if you want, but it's really not going to matter too much. The most important thing is your nutrition throughout the day, right? That's what we're looking at. I and mean, if you're looking at your, if you're counting macronutrients, carbohydrates, proteins, and fats, one, your protein should be consistent for the most part whether you're gaining weight or you want to lose weight. And then you mess with your carbohydrates and fats from there. Some people handle carbs better. Some people handle fats better. Half an hour to an hour, if you just had a meal, like let's say you work out at noon and you had breakfast at eight o'clock and it was, I don't know, eggs and, you know, some protein and some greens and potatoes, that meal four hours beforehand will still supply you energy for your noon workout. You don't need to chug a protein shake if you don't want to. Same thing with post-workout. You don't need it. You're not going to go into this like crazy fasted starvation state that everybody's worried about. You're not going to lose your gains, man, right? It'll be fine. You can have that. That anabolic window is more like an anabolic barn door. Just have it throughout the day; you would be fine. Now, if you're a professional athlete, that's different. That's when we want those five, six meals a day. Get the nutrition in because you're going to recover because you've got a three-hour-long practice or two a day. So, for the most part, half an hour to an hour, a little bit of protein you can have, maybe some carbohydrates, some fruit or something will digest pretty fast.
1: Okay, so l- l- let's let's kind of crystallize this for a second. So, give me a couple of things that are good pre-pre workout foods or beverages, or g- give me a few things.
2: Yeah. Uh, Easiest thing for most people, general protein shake, whether that's like a, you know, serving a protein powder or something in water, milk or some milk alternative. You know, I prefer um, almond milk myself, coconut milk, all that stuff is good. Um, You could do something like you could have um, a a whole grain toast and some nut butter on it if you would like to. Um, Hard boiled eggs, eggs, you know, one of the like most nutritious things on the planet, have an egg or two beforehand that will digest very fast there. Yogurt, Greek cottage yogurt, cheese. Yogurt, yogurt. I see right there. We're, we're on the same same thing. Yogurt, cottage cheese, cottage cheese with a big bodybuilder thing um, back in the day, like a little more slower digesting casein protein. Um, yeah. Greek yogurt is amazing. And if you've got lactose problems, there's pretty much no lactose in there because of the straining process. So when people say they can't handle dairy, they're most likely saying is they can't handle lactose. So yeah, Greek yogurt is really good. You know, whether you're looking at your full fat version or your your non-fat, take actual fruit, put it in there. Don't get the stuff that has like the syrup in it. Like, come on, blueberries are delicious. Like bananas are delicious. They're nature's candy. People like, just put them in your yogurt. You'll be fine. Like it doesn't take that much extra time, maybe three seconds. Take your blueberries, throw them in there. You'll be good.
1: And then let's give some examples of, So let me tell you what I do for post-workout. I will have, if I want to have some meat products, I will have some chili. I'll have uh, even a burger, maybe uh, something that has, I just had some sloppy joes. Uh, I'll have chicken chicken. I'll have tuna fish. One of my favorites is tuna fish, a tuna fish sandwich. You can still have yogurt. What other things could people do post-workout?
2: Yeah, post-workout, one, you nailed it. You need to have some sort of protein. Protein is going to, uh, going to be huge. Like You can do steak and eggs. You can do something like that. If you're trying to maximize like muscle tissue, maybe you want to have some simple carbohydrate, like a white rice white rice and chicken white rice um you know and and steak or um, some sort of fish very good uh if you're if we're really splitting hairs here you don't want to have a ton of fiber or a ton of fat if you're just trying to add muscle tissue right you Mm want to absorb the nutrients so basically like think about carbohydrates they try to store with within our liver and our muscle cells we want to replenish that as fast as possible so hence the white rice one of the best times to do it. Also, one of the best times to actually have your cheat meal, if you will, is within mm-hmm. about 20 minutes of a high-intensity workout, sprints, interval, something like that, or weight training. Because all of those nutrients, well, the majority of those nutrients will go into the muscle cell and be used to replenish your body. And that natural insulin response is a good thing to deliver nutrients, To your body. So if you're going to have that cheat meal better afterwards, because like people do this for Thanksgiving stuff, like, oh, I'm gonna have this big meal, I'm gonna work out afterwards. No, you're not. You had 3,000 calories you weren't used to so you have that dopamine response you have all the serotonin all these things and you feel tired because you ate too much you fall asleep and you don't work out so get that workout in and any any sort of protein source a carbohydrate source I love steel cut oats very mm-hmm. good for you um, I have d- additional things like um, hemp seeds I have pumpkin seeds for a crunch sunflower seeds I do a lot of that um, and a lot of chilies as well I love beans legumes if you're a vegan one of mm-hmm. the best sources that you can get fava beans there's a, there's a bunch of Of uh, different things there, but I'd say have at least 20 grams of protein, uh, and then a carbohydrate, depending on how you handle it, uh, and you'll be fine.
1: And I want to emphasize that it's not just putting protein back in; you also need some carbs after you work out. You have to replenish uh, your carbohydrate storage. What is the best type of exercise for weight loss: resistance training or cardio?
2: I say resistance training. People forget that you stop breathing when you're lifting weights. You know that you don't stop breathing, right? Like, oh my god, I I'm, I'm I need to do more cardio. You get out of breath when you lift weights too. Guess what that is? A cardiovascular component. There's all sorts of studies saying resistance training has protective cardiovascular effects. So everybody at a minimum, right? Look at that from the book. Um, <laughs> you, need, you need to do a full body resistance training workout. And when I say resistance, people think resistance like big heavy weights. That can be body weight if you're just starting, Bands, suspension straps, like a TRX, kettlebells, anything like that. You need to resistance train full body, two days a week and a total of at least five sets per muscle group, okay? Five sets per muscle group, total per week, at least to maintain muscle tissue. And if you're brand new, you're going to add muscle tissue doing that. So what does five sets look like per week? So let's think about three sets of squats. There's your legs, three sets of push-ups. There's your chest. There's your anterior deltoids, a little bit of triceps, three sets of rows. And then maybe you throw in some additional movements that you want to work on. Maybe it's biceps or abs, right? If you did that workout twice a week, that's six sets per muscle group right there. And you could do that in 20 to 25 minutes. So doing that. And then additionally, my favorite thing for people to do is just post meal, 10 minute walks. That can be your cardio. Let's say you eat three times a day. And here's some math here, doc. I know Harvard doesn't teach you math, like three (laughs) 10 minute walks after your meal. How much exercise is that per day? 30 minutes. What's the recommended activity in a day? 30 minutes. How easy is that? Because people look at it like, oh my, I don't have 30 minutes to work out in a day. You have 10 minutes in three chunks. I guarantee you do. So what happens walking and take a brisk walk. Walking after your meal is very similar to the diabetic medication metformin for bringing down that post-meal insulin response. It helps digestion. Walking is called a prokinetic. So it gets your muscles in your digestive system working, nutrient bioavailability, which means you're just absorbing more nutrients. And when you can walk backwards, walking backwards will help your knee health, will strengthen your, called your vast medialis, that teardrop on the front of your quad. That is directly equal to having stronger knees. I know you're going to look like a crazy person walking backwards outside. And by the way, if it's cold outside, even better, wear a hat, wear gloves, like protect yourself. But that cold, can increase your body's thermogenesis. It's trying to warm up and it can decrease inflammation and help with metabolic rate. Walk three times a day briskly or two times a day, 15 minutes after a meal. If you're doing it inside, I do the stairs sometimes. I go walk up and down the stairs for 10 minutes. People think I'm crazy, but that's fine. Walk around in your office and at least a minimum, just two days a week, of full body resistance training. I guarantee you can get that done in 20 minutes.
1: And you know, what's great also is that, you know, obviously uh, for safety reasons, the sidewalk may not always be the best place, but find a high school or or elementary school, find a track, Mm -hmm. which is pretty nice and even and safe. And walking backwards on a track is uh, not a problem at all. I love that idea. And I also love the idea, and I tell people all the time that, listen, take five to 10 minutes after you eat and go walk. I I didn't say you had to run, but go walk for five to 10 minutes and the calories you just put in, you know, you start working those off right away. But you also, I feel like you're building, you know, a deficit. You're increasing the well in which you're going to deposit all these calories and and all these other nutrients. So that is great advice. Uh, How many times a week did we say for, how many times a week should someone work out for weight loss?
2: I I, I would start like, you know, two days a week. Start two days a week. That's it, literally. And And then just move more be more conscious because what happens, it's called the energy constraint model. Once what happens when people start working out so much so fast, like let's look at like biggest loser study. That was like one of the biggest things. So one, these people were getting basically paid, right? To work out, right? So you don't ever compare yourself to people that are on a weight loss show because that's what they're living and doing, right? Like you've been a part of those. You see like that's what they're- Is that to. show still on? It was a couple of years ago. Let's just say it didn't do good. I made it all the way to the end to to be one of the trainers. I know the executive producer, but there was some other factors, they didn't pick okay. me. It's fine. Um, I it. So I would I would have killed that one. Um, <laughs> I, I liked the female choice. She lost like a hundred something pounds, so she was very relatable um, to those individuals. It just honestly, it it wasn't good. And anybody who was part of that show who listened to this right now, it was it was just it was a bad revamp of it. It was
1: horrible. I think you're better looking <laughs> than any trainer they've had on there. I would bet. <laughs> no, i know, no, that's
2: all right. Um, so here here's the thing. Yes, um, because if people energy constrained model, they found that we can really only burn about two and a half times our metabolic rate. So what happens is we work out so much, our body naturally slows um, non-exercise activity thermogenesis. Neat. So twiddling your thumbs, fidgeting, getting up more, those all burn calories. But if your body recognizes that you're working out so much, you're burning all these excess calories, naturally, it's going to slow itself down. So around 4,000 calories a day is generally around the amount of people, the maximum that they can burn. So you cannot out-exercise a bad diet if you're eating that much. Now, if you go from like eating your standard American diet to working out you've never worked out before, you could keep eating that same crap and still see results because it's such a brand new stimulus to you.
1: So you're saying you're saying that the body has a max, a cap mm-hmm. on how much it is going to increase the metabolism, right, through exercise?
2: Yeah, yeah, it's literally. So they've looked at this. They looked at um, ultra marathon runners, cyclists, all sorts of different things. And when they were preparing for the short amount of time, they had this metabolic burst, right? But as the months went on, that incline started flattening, and they weren't able to burn any more calories, right? Because their body just became more efficient. It knew. It's the same thing. Like if you're saying, take, if you're running the same path for years, like how many times you hear like, you know, 70 year old man had dies of a heart attack. He's been running five miles a day for 30 years. He's probably running the same five miles at the same pace, the same time. And his body just goes, Oh, no big deal. I know how to do this. So it starts just naturally, you know, being accustomed to that. So we need to uh, do what's called hormesis, Just we need to uh, apply stressors, which is a a term that David Sinclair came up with. We need to apply these stressors to our body and this different stimulus patterns, which you've you've done like, you know, low calorie days, high calorie days, all these different things, you know, with the groups and in your books. And that right there, your body's like, what is going on? So let me adapt and change. But what happens, people look at this and they think, oh, I need to do all these crazy different workouts every single day. So my body doesn't adapt. Your body isn't going to adapt in one day. Like, it's like when women say, I don't want to get big from lifting weights. I'll tell you what, if you lifting that purple weight for one session got you like jacked like Arnold, everybody would just work out one time, right? Like we need to slowly have this adaptive process. So you can do the same workout for weeks on end, two days a week three days a week and still see results. And eventually, we need to change. We need to progressively overload, whether that's changing the exercise, whether it's changing the, the tempo, changing the weight, keep adapting that way. But common fitness knowledge and people would say like, oh, you need to shock your body and shock your muscles. Yes, there's some truth to that. But that was based off like the muscle confusion. That was Beachbody and P90X. Great marketing. Brilliant. I signed a deal with them. They're very good at what they do. But you don't need to be doing all that crazy stuff. When I saw P90X come out and I see these jumping and all that sort of stuff, like these people are going to get hurt because what's going to happen? You take somebody who's 300 pounds or 50 pounds overweight and you start having them do crazy jump squats, which by the way, plyometrics should only be 10, 20 seconds or like five reps. You don't see professional athletes doing a minute of jump squats, right? They're doing a broad jump for four or five. Usain Bolt is running a nine second 100 and he's not immediately going back and running a nine second 100. Dude's (laughs) taking like 10 minute break because he can't meet that same exercise demand because his body used up his quick energy systems. Like we just take all of these concepts and we bastardize them and it makes everybody feel little and it makes them think that they're unworthy to get all these results that they see on TV and movies.
1: Say the term again, hormesis. Say that again. Hormesis.
2: Yes. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Mm-hmm. David Sinclair from Harvard, he wrote the book uh, Lifespan. Really, really just smart guy. He, he's working on like longevity and all these different things. He's the one that um, originally um, found uh, Reservatrol in red wine. And everybody's like, oh my mm-hmm. God, red wine has revert- Reservatrol. He's like, no, the amount of red wine that you have to drink. And I, I don't know the exact number. like a thousand bottles a day to get that. We need to take Reservatrol and like put that in Greek yogurt in the morning or something for longevity, right? Just It's, it's funny. Um, there you go.
1: <laughs> Okay, here we go. A few more before we go. Um, yep. Muscle weighs more than fat. So I'm not losing weight because I'm losing fat, but I'm gaining all this muscle.
2: Uh, hey, Ian, what, <laughs> what weighs heavier, a pound of feathers or a, a one pound of rocks? One pound is one pound no matter what it is. One pound is one pound no matter what it is. Muscle is more dense than fat, right? So let's take a brick. If you look, Let's say a brick is your pound of fat slice that brick in half. And that equivalent is a pound of muscle tissue. So it's more dense. The more fat you have, if you put five pounds of fat next to five pounds of muscle, it's going to be two, three times the size of the muscle. Still the same weight, but different volume. Okay. So muscle doesn't weigh more than fat. There are different substances.
1: Hold on. Muscle is more dense than fat. Yes. Yes. But it doesn't necessarily weigh more than fat. Exactly. And the other part of it, Yeah. And the other part of it, Joey, is people think that they are not seeing the number move on the scale because they're adding so much dense muscle. And the reality is what?
2: The reality is, you know, if you're a beginner, maybe you can put on a few pounds of muscle tissue in a month. I've been researching this for like a year now. So believe me, maybe a few pounds of muscle tissue in a month. Um, If you're a genetic freak, maybe a couple couple pounds per week. But here's the thing. Trainers use this as an excuse all, and I used to do this, and I apologize in the book. In the first chapter, I apologize. I apologize for what I used to do. I, I apologize for the fitness industry. I'm going to get in so much trouble for this first chapter, believe me. Uh, but, <laughs> I can't wait. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, I, I, should just, I should just send you the intro, by the way. Uh, I may do that later. You should. But, okay, so trainers do this all the time. Like, oh, they've got so, a weight loss client coming in, and they've got 50 or 100 pounds to lose. They start working out, and the client's like, oh, I didn't lose any weight this week. Oh, you, that's because you you lost five pounds of fat, and you put on five pounds of muscle. No. If you are that overweight, okay, you, the scale should be going down. They're lying to you. Like if it smells like, if it looks like, (laughs) it probably is. Okay. Now, if you're a lean individual, something like that, if we want to add muscle tissue, generally you need to be in a calorie surplus. Caveat being, if you're brand new, you can probably be in maintenance and still add muscle tissue, still add a little bit of strength. If you take... 30 to 32 weeks off of weight training. People are like, oh, a muscle memory. Mm, kind of a memory. It's more, it has these, your muscles has these different um, neurons in them that that have this more capacity to respond after. Um, taking a long time off, so at 30 to 32 weeks off brings you back to almost being a beginner again. I'm not telling you to take 30 weeks of uh, off of exercise, so don't use that. But you will see very fast results, just like you were a beginner, uh, if you take that much time off. Don't take that much time off. You're working out now. Keep working out. Very good. So many positive benefits. Don't be like, Joey Thurman told me to take 30 weeks off of exercise and I gained 50 pounds. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm telling you what the research says.
1: Yoga and Pilates are enough for a workout to help me with weight loss. I don't need to do anything
2: else. Yes and no. Like, what are you doing outside of there? Like, everything is contextually based, right? Everybody, B-O-D-Y, is different. So... Why, and what type of yoga are you doing? If you're doing the traditional yoga where it was like just working in and just some simple stretches and you know a little bit more meditation-based and you're eating a bunch of crap, no, you're not going to lose weight. You start eating better, you start sleeping better, and you're just doing yoga, yeah. But as far as a calorie burn, if we're looking at that, and I think that's what people think. And by the way, when you say weight loss, you should be thinking fat loss, okay? There's a big difference. Like we want to maintain as much muscle tissue as possible. That's another conversation. So Pilates, yeah, yeah. Great, great for mobility, great for flexibility, but most general terms of Pilates. So you Pilates people and you yogis out there don't like send me hate mail. You're not just gonna, you're not getting burning as many calories when comparing to like weight training, high intensity interval training, moderate intensity cardio, or even like a long duration walk. But it's still very good for you, and yes, you still can lose weight doing that. Caveat being, you're watching what you're putting into your mouth.
1: But it's not the best type of exercise when we talk about. No, its it, it, i i would say it's great as
2: a supplement sure like you're you're working out you're lifting weights you're running yeah throw on yoga a day a week throw in some Pilates like mobility and flexibility very very important but unless you start taking one of these um Pilates classes that have these massive like mega reformers and stuff that have a bunch of resistance and outside resistance mode you know then that that's a different animal right like that's like four Pilates on steroids
1: Last question. Um, I've heard that it's best to get protein from animal sources like beef, poultry, and fish than it is from the non-animal sources. If you want to really build your muscle, you got to get it from meat.
2: (laughs) Once again, contextually based. Yes and no. Uh, When you're comparing like a whey protein, for example, which is a derivative of dairy, like the excess in the making of dairy versus a plant-based like protein powder, the whey is going to absorb a little bit better. Now, overall throughout the day, if you're you're having a range amount of nutrients, and you're only eating plants and plant sources, and you're having legumes and quinoa and all that sort of stuff, if you're looking at them both, they're reaching Almost equal, but like it's getting to that like that splitting hairs thing. Like I know lots of vegan people that are ripped. I know lots of people that eat meat that are incredibly overweight. Okay, you can't take this one singular thing and be like, oh, this is what the research said. I'm 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 taking this and I'm going with that. Like it's like if you read the Bible, you know, and that's your thing. Any other religion outside of there, a lot of people are closed off to. But the, all these different things that they've, they've got positive benefits to them. So why can't you look outside of there? Maybe one day, like, yeah, you're you're probably having more plants. Like say you're not lifting weights as much. Maybe you try that, see how you feel, see how your body responds. You you, you may respond better. Your joints may feel better. Athletes, when you're looking at research out of a university of North Carolina, they're comparing like, uh, you know, meat protein sources versus plant protein sources. They were getting close to being equal, but these are like high, high level athletes like UNC, like that's where Jordan went, right? Like those are very good athletes. So for splitting hairs and looking at athletes, it seems to be a slight edge for an animal base, but you can still get tremendous results from plant-based. So you want to eat plants? Eat plants. They're you, good. You should. They're amazing for you. If you're doing carnivore, you probably still should, should add some, some berries in there and, and, and some greens in there. Like n- not everything is so black and white.
1: I always end my podcast with Dr. Ian's random seven. I'm changing them for you. There's seven very random questions and they're quick questions. Boom, boom, boom. And I'm going to change the questions for you as it relates to our conversation. My first question to you is... I don't even like this term. I'm going to use it, but let me just say I don't like it. What is your favorite cheat meal? Oh,
2: God, right? I love tacos. I'm a, I'm a taco guy, which is not even necessarily that bad. Tacos, um, or I could do like I'm um, sweets, like a decadent, like ice cream and some, you know, some cake or something maybe. But tacos, chips, nachos, something like that.
1: Have you ever been overweight? And if so, how long ago and how much? I've never
2: been overweight, but I've been very underweight. Um, and I was called Gumby as a kid. So dating myself, it's Gumby was this like green cartoon, skinny character with, you know, um, no dimension to him. I've been long and lengthy. Um, but ironically, I took a few months off of working out a lot besides teaching classes and wasn't watching what I was eating. My sleep was off. I went and got a DEXA scan. So people don't know it's like bone density and muscle tissue. I had got a, a, up to almost 14% body fat. That's the highest I'd ever gone to. Most people are like, well, I want to be 14%. Sure. But I've been, I've been 5%. You know, my last DEXA scan was around 10 or 11%. So I added a few percent fat in a few months, which is a lot for me. So it's amazing what happens even as a fitness and nutrition expert. I know what happened and I know why it happened. My sleep was off. I was focusing on the book. I was doing all-nighters. I wasn't eating well. I wasn't working out. So I added a bunch of weight and now I'm, you know, kind of back on it.
1: If you weren't a trainer trying to change and help people transform, what would you be doing?
2: You know, um, I think that I would be broadcast journalism, something along those, you know, which I'm kind of dabbling in now. But it, it's fun. Love doing. I love doing the TV. ESPN reporter. Something that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Your boy Strahan. Like, dude's got one of the best jobs in the world. Like, I think uh, I could take over for him. I don't know if I'm I'm as good looking, but yeah, would be he, pretty cool.
1: <laughs> what angers you most? about the fitness world?
2: Uh, making people feel like they're less than, right? We do all, and, and social media is great for a lot of things, but it's also ruined a lot of things. We saw these crazy exercises and these workouts and these things that go viral because like, look at this dude doing this you know, one-footed bicep curl while juggling something and cooking a steak. Like, no, it's entertaining, but it doesn't mean you should be doing it, right? Like it, it, it makes you feel a little unworthy that you need to do all this crazy stuff. And as we said, it, it can be as easy as just walking after meals and working out a couple of days a week. And believe me, a treadmill manufacturer is not going to say all you need to do is walk after a meal and not spend hours a day on a treadmill. Why do you see the cardio machines at the gyms full? Because it's easy because it's lazy. And I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings. But literally, you can get on a recumbent bike, you can grab a triple chocolate chip cookie that you bought from the vending machine at the same gym, which I've seen before. And you can (laughs) ride that bike and it could tell you you burned 500 calories, but you had 800 calories in cookies because it's easy because it's lazy. Push yourself just a little bit
1: what's the most useless apparatus in a gym
2: oh man i would say probably that crunch machine if you still see those things right like the, the the weighted crunch thing for a small percentage of the population they probably need to add that um that extra load you know to their abs maybe to get that extra stimulus but man that thing is just Completely a a waste of space, or like a bicep curl machine. You spent two thousand dollars to do a bicep curl to take up space for a bicep curl machine. Grab some dumbbells, grab a cable. Like, no, what a waste of money. Probably that.
1: What part of your body do you like the most? Oof, shoulders.
2: Yeah, I guess shoulders. I was gonna say face.
1: I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You got good shoulders. What part of your body do you feel like, no matter how hard you work, it's never where you want it to be? My chest. I knew this was coming. My chest,
2: I I have, I'm 6'3", but I have like a 6'7 wingspan. I've broken my collarbone. I've separated my shoulder, lots of things. Um, So my limb length, and it's just not, it's not... Advantageous for building a, a big chest. I've seen guys my height that yes have great chests, but for me, my chest just doesn't ever really get there. My arms grow so fast; I barely do arms because before I looked like a terminator arm. So there's huge arms and this like bird chest. So I'm always <laughs> self conscious of my chest. And if you see me shirtless sure, in a picture, I probably did some pushups before beforehand. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Joey tell people how they can find you on social and your website.
2: Yeah, social is all Joey Thurman Fit, T H U R M A N Fits. My YouTube is Joey Thurman Fitness, but yeah, Joey Thurman Fit all over, joeythurman.com. And yeah, you can you can get a hold of me there. I respond to every single message on Instagram, assuming it's appropriate. You can email me on the, the joeytherman.com. There's an email list if you want to sign up for um, updates on the book, all that sort of stuff. YouTube is free. People like free things. You're cheap. I get it. It's fine. Like, go to my, just type in Joey Thurman fitness on YouTube or it's like youtube.com forward slash Joey Thurman fitness. Lots of new videos every single day. I, I've been pumping out some content.
1: Joey Thurman, the author of 365 health and fitness hacks that could save your life. A friend of mine and my partner, Thanks for joining the conversation today. Thank you, sir. Conversations with Dr. Ian Smith is hosted by Dr. Ian Smith, associate producer, Ariel Mancibo, executive producers, Ian Smith and Ken Johnson. Find the Conversations with Dr. Ian Smith podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, odyssey or wherever you get your podcasts or on ig at dr ian smith conversations with dr ian smith is a mean old line media production
0: waiting on a tax return hopefully it ends up in your hands fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30 percent in 2023 if you're in a bind this tax season lifelock can help our u.s-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues